I'd like to acknowledge Australia's First Nation people as the traditional custodians of the land, and for this episode in particular, the Darawal people. I pay my respects to their elders, past and present. It's so exciting for me to be able to relay the stories of all of the beautiful producers um, and the tales of the wine and the history of the wine, because they're honestly, it's such an amazing industry and it's ever evolving, which is so exciting for me because I think education is fantastic. This is the Over the Glass podcast. I'm Shantae Whale. Christmas and New Year's Eve are centered around the celebration of good company, food and drinks. Whether you spend it with your work colleagues or your own family, how we choose to spend the summer holidays says a lot about who we are and what we hold dear to our hearts. Georgie Davidson-Brown is the head sommelier of Wino and Bodega in Surrey Hills. After falling into hospitality at 18 and being coerced into wine by an enthusiastic sommelier, Georgie has found her place in the next generation of Sydney's wine professionals. Hi Georgie, thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me on. Such a pleasure. How are you coping in the silly season? Oh, you know, it's always a dream. Better to be busy than bored. And there's a multitude of amazing personalities that I get to chat to five days a week, which is, I really can't ask for more. I think that's great to hear. What is happening uh, on Christmas Day for you this year? Are you working? Are you going to be with your friends, family? I'm actually off for the first time in, I'm not even sure how many years, Um, And I'm just going to drink probably lots of sherry and eat a bunch of seafood and go for a swim. Very low key, just with my mum and my partner. (laughs) Oh, that sounds amazing. And I didn't realise that you had family here, so that's perfect. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Unlucky move down in lockdown, but I'm pretty stoked because I get to hang out with my mum more than ever. So very happy. That's so wonderful. And you said that it's the first uh, Christmas you've had off in some time. So I'm assuming that you've been working all those other ones. Have you got... um, a really unique or memorable Christmas story that uh, you that comes to mind? Um, yeah, it's always been a little bit of a strange one, actually. I have a pretty small family, as previously mentioned, kind of just my mum and I. Um, so we've spent a lot of years kind of just holidaying just out of the crazy Christmas peak time um, at the beach or on an island somewhere, which is pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I've very much been working through and I actually probably the most memorable one was I did a, a few snow seasons and I was based over in Japan for a little while. And Christmas there is so strange. It's a lot of fried chicken, um, which is not what I expected, uh, but it was awesome. And we just, you know, it's, it's snow seasons. So you're with a bunch of people and you're living with them. And it's a pretty intimate space, actually, for a long time. You really get to know people when you're traveling. Um, but it was really cool. We just... We ate heaps of food and we drank way too much wine um, and a lot of soju and then we had to do service and we were lucky that we are in an environment where everyone was just kind of drunk and that was fine. But it definitely made it kind of strange coming from Australian hot beach Christmases, um, working or not, and then going into the white Christmas hardcore kind of snow stuff. It was very peculiar but really fun. And, yeah, I mean, we all, I think we always dream being in – Australia that we have a white Christmas at some point so we always remember those and the fried chicken thing I, you know I, I watched a movie once where they they just got KFC not even like made their own fried chicken and I always thought it was so bizarre but it kind of makes a bit of sense fried chicken cold weather yeah yeah I mean it, I certainly wasn't mad about it but yeah it's it's really hilarious KFC really comes into play and I am um, I've actually never eaten it and we did make our own because we were up in the mountains and we didn't have access to anything else except for a grocery store so it was kind of nice we had a bunch of hospitality misfits and and snow goers and we all just 
sat around and made heaps of food and played weird drinking games. Um, and then we got our guests involved when we opened the restaurant. So that was really fun. Oh, there's nothing like that. What does it mean um, for you for, you know, seeing off 2021 and welcoming the new year? What are you looking forward to in the new year? A bit of sunshine, actually. It's been a really, really interesting few years for everyone. Um, and I think this crazy huge weather system that we've got currently over the East Coast and, and Australia and just having it so wet, it's nice that we finally got a bit of sunshine and I'm just kind of looking forward to more sunshine in the future. Um, I've learned, if nothing else, I've learned over the last few years to just very, I know it sounds so cliche, but just live in the moment and appreciate everything that you have. Even if it's, you know, your coffee is really good that day, that's going to set you up for the best day. And I'm just, you know, take it day by day and just be happy that we're here and and that we're healthy because it's been such crazy turmoil. And, you know, I've had friends and family get affected by the pandemic pretty hugely, um, so, you know, even more so just happy to, to be lucky and, and safe and just looking forward to drinking more wine and getting to see my friends really in the new year. Yeah, ex- exceptionally well said. Um, and talking about drinking, what are, you, what are you drinking coming up to this time of the year and, and coming up to Christmas? What's, what's on your hit list? Um, I actually took a little bit of time off drinking over lockdown. So I'm more of a lightweight than ever, um, which is not a bad thing necessarily, uh, but it just means I'm sort of exploring the world of lower alcoholic offerings. Um, I've always been a huge fan of sherry, but now even more so, um, particularly manzanilla, salty, delicious um, from San Luca de Barameda. There's this gorgeous producer um, that a, an old boss got me onto a few years ago called Bodega Alonso. Um, and I'm just loving it. It's this most beautiful kind of light blue label and it's salty goodness. And I've taken it upon myself to teach everyone in the bar um, who comes to and who will listen to me about Solera systems and sherry. And I've always got a, a bit of flack for drinking what our grandparents used to drink. But um, it's really exciting to be kind of focusing so much on a lower alcohol and, and something with so much history as well. And it, it's so interesting. It's, it's really exciting for me to kind of change people's minds on what they think sherry is. And they're like, oh, this is actually dry and delicious and really, really fun. So that's been really nice and a little bit of a mousse as well. <laughs> Ooh, I, I completely agree with you. I'm a sherry fanatic and anyone that doesn't want to listen, I'm like, great, more for me, you know, forget it. <laughs> you can stick exactly. to it. <laughs> That's but, fine. You want your big, bold reds? Have it. I've got sherry. <laughs> totally. And, you know, like you said, they really suit our, our climate, especially the manzanillas and the finos and the palacatados because we've got all that wonderful seafood available. So when you said sherry and, and seafood and the beach, I was like, all of this makes complete sense to me. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pretty good life, I will say. <laughs> and are you going to be working on New Year's Eve or how are you going to bring in the new year? Another first. Uh, I've worked every single New Year's Eve since I was 14 um, in my first job. And this is my, my first New Year's off. And I was so shocked. I didn't know what to do. So I'm taking my mum out to dinner and then probably going to drink some champagne and, and watch the fireworks. Just all the cliche things I've missed out on. Um, but I'm, I'm most excited. <laughs> Good for you. All these changes in your life, obviously, um, you know, you're fairly new to, to Wino and um, 
previous, you've had some amazing stints at places like Woodcut. So, but good for you for all these changes and, and having these little um, moments where you, ha- you haven't been able to do them. I know I had a, a couple of New Year's Eve when I was 18 and I joined the throngs of people going into the city and I was like, this is awful. So I feel like I've done that. And so I'm quite happy to work, but um, I really hope you have a lovely uh, time with your mum and yeah, that you can get into somewhere. Have you booked somewhere? I have actually. I'm, um, I'm having a very early bird dinner at quarter past five. Um, at restaurant Hubert, but I'm I'm most excited because then you know it'd be nice. Hopefully we'll miss the crowds or something, but who knows? I've I've always loved working New Year's, and I think it really just kind of shows the family that you have in hospitality because it's it's always so much fun and and always such a crazy night, and you're always so tired and bringing in the New Year with you know up to a couple of hundred strangers depending on on where you are working in your venues. And so it's always been really fun, but it's, I think I'm actually really looking forward to doing it with just a couple of people that I know in the door. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And let's hope that this beautiful warm weather continues on that. I thought what might be interesting is that aromas are so incredibly important to us sommeliers. So I thought I might ask you a, and put you right on the spot that what are three aromas that really represent summer for you? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, straight off the bat, I'd have to say salt as in like ocean spray, saline, which kind of ties into my love of Manzanilla as well. And going to the beach, um, coconut, because I grew up on the sunshine coast and we always had Latan 30 plus. Now it's, I think it's evolved into 50 plus and it always smells like coconut and I kind of hate it, but I kind of love it. It makes me so happy that like coconut sunscreen, um, and, and probably mango because, again, growing up on the Sunshine Coast, um, really lucky we had this absolutely enormous mango tree in our backyard. And, oh, it, it truly, I get goosebumps just thinking about the scent of a mango tree and the kind of sweet herbaceousness leaves um, and then the beautiful ripe fruit as well. And when the sun hits it and you get it fresh off the tree and it's kind of warm, it's, oh, it's an amazing experience. And the scent is just second to none. Yeah, I think that we often talk about as psalms, you know, like the condition of fruit, whether it's like unripe or overripe, but sometimes it is just fruit that's just ripe sitting in the sun. I can totally understand what you're saying. (laughs) It's just perfect, you know. Everything (laughs) is just like the stars align with sweetness and ripeness and fruitiness and savoury if it's, you know, a particular fruit that's not super hardcore sugary. It's always, it's always such an amazing scent. And you're right, it is so crucial to to not even just sommeliers, but everyone. Our scent memory is truly incredible. You know, you might have had a, a big one for me is lavender talcum powder because that's what my grandmother used to use. And even though I've never touched the stuff and I haven't even used talcum powder in, God, probably 15 years, um, still if I'm ever around someone with it or in a pharmacy and I smell it, it I'm just immediately transported back to you know, a room with my grandmother and talcum powder everywhere that was always lavender scented. And that goes for everyone as well. Yeah, I totally agree. I think everybody has such an amazing scent range. It's just that perhaps we tap into it or we give a little bit more vocabulary to it than perhaps other people do. But I think that um, it's a really wonderful skill to hone because you are surprised and delighted by the world around you a little bit more and in aromas that, 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 interplay into your life. 
But um, I want to talk a little bit about Wino because um, it is a new, fairly new role for you. And tell me about what you're loving about um, your new post. For me, it's an institution of um, a wine bar for for a lot of people in the beverage industry because it's so warm and welcoming, but also because what you've got on by the glass is always changing and ever evolving. What are you loving about being over there at the moment and, and running the joint? I think probably just the sheer sense of excitement. Uh, ever since I got into wine, I was quite young. I always found that it was really inaccessible and it was, it's a really tricky industry. It's a, a challenging drink. And I think for so long, there was just, a, it's a little bit of a club. It's almost a cult, um, if you will. And I think I've always just wanted to make wine accessible for everyone. And I think having no set by the glass and everything in the wine cellar is available. We just, you know, pull the cork on it. You want to try it? That's cool. Um, and I think it's just, it's so exciting to have this accessibility for people who want to come in and, you know, maybe they've seen Radicon or Gravner or some really awesome grower champagne. And they're like, damn, I really want to try that. But, you know, I don't want to, buy a whole bottle because it's just me or I want to try lots of new things or maybe it's just a little bit out of their price point for a whole bottle. Um, so it's so exhilarating to to get to open it and, and share it with them. And then, you know, some people might be like, oh, yeah, that's cool and move on. Um, but some people get so involved with the narrative and I just I love telling a story. I love having a chat. Uh, and it's so exciting for me to be able to relay the stories of all of the beautiful producers um, and the tales of the wine and the history of the wine, because they're honestly, it's such an amazing industry and it's ever evolving, which is so exciting for me because I think education is fantastic. Um, and there's so much to know and learn. And it's so exciting that, you know, the everyday punter or, you know, someone who's fresh in the industry can come and be like, Hey, I really want to try that glass of obscure Rhone white that I've never heard of. Let's do it. You know, and that's, that's really cool. And that's such a special moment that I get to share with my guests. And it, it's a real testament to you and um, your abilities because for everybody else out there that doesn't know, if um, you go into wino and you want to try something, you do have the cellar to be able to try those wines. But then it's up to Georgie to be able to, if you perhaps try a glass and you're not a big fan of it, it's up to her to then make sure that the rest of that bottle doesn't go to waste. And no, she doesn't just uh, drink them and take them home. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a really good challenge and definitely one of the most asked questions by our guests of, oh, well, don't you have like a preservation system or do you just kind of hope for the best? And it's like, no, I just decide that, you know, we're going to sell it. And obviously if none of our guests that evening are interested in that bottle, we'll open something else. But yeah, it, it creates a really awesome challenge for um, myself and the other staff to, yeah, exactly right, ensure that it doesn't go to waste and it goes to other loving homes. Perfect. Well, Georgie, I have absolutely loved chatting you t today. And look, I, I know that you um, end up falling into hospitality because you wanted to get into theatre. And I think I'm very sad for the theatre world, but I'm thrilled for us because we have you in Sydney now and uh, you're doing an amazing job down there. So hopefully in the new year, we have time for a drink together. Definitely. Um, but best of luck with all the things that you've got going on and enjoy your Christmas and New Year's and I'll speak to you another time. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you as well um, for your working service. And, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's always a delight to chat. Pleasure. Cheers to you, Georgie. See you later. Cheers, Shante. Bye. This is Over a Glass. I'm Shante Whale. Stay tuned for more stories from the world of wine and drinks. Listen in every Thursday on your podcast app. Follow us on Instagram at overaglasspod.com and contact us at overaglass at deepintheweeds.com.au.